everyone, Luxa here. I'm sad to say that I will be leaving the Fool's Guide to the Occult show due to some scheduling issues and to pursue some other projects, but I'm not giving up on occultism or chaos magic or podcasting or any of you, so please follow me on social media at Luxastrata while I will be letting people know about the various projects and stuff that I'm involved in. Um, it's been really great getting to know some of you. The listeners to this show really are an amazing group of people. So keep being awesome, everyone, and remember to never believe what you're told. Um, I also wanted to thank Hector so much for the opportunity to work with him and to be on the show. I enjoyed it very much. Um, it was really awesome getting to know you and working with you and everything, and I just wanted to say best of luck. Uh, cheers, buddy! All right, and now without further ado, here is Merlin. O oh, young mariner, you from the heaven, under the sea cliff, you that are watching the gray magician with eyes of wonder, I am Merlin, and I am dying, I am Merlin, who follow the gleam. Hello, and welcome to the Fool's Guide to the Occult, No Tandem Populous. I'm Hector. And I'm Luxa. In these mini-episodes, we will be covering notable occult characters, both real and fictional. And today, we're going to talk about Merlin. That's right. Uh, so the poem that we opened with an excerpt of is called Merlin and the Gleam by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Tennyson wrote the gleam he's talking about in the poem, which was written in 1889, signified his higher po poetic imagination. So it's a pretty like dreamy, romantic idea, this like artist's quest for inspiration, kind of like, you know, a knight questing for the grail. So the Arthurian legends have that kind of like feel to them, you know, and central to those stories is the legendary wizard. Yeah, um, Merlin's a fascinating figure with a complex history. So obviously we can't go into everything about this character in this little mini episode here, but hopefully this would be a good jumping off point for uh, people to get to know what he's all about. Yeah, definitely. All right. So when we think about Merlin, what comes to mind? Some crazy dude living in the forest, maybe a Celtic or Saxon shaman, uh, maybe a wizard, definitely King Arthur's Tales. Also, that okay-ish BBC show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally. Like sort of like this archetypical wizard figure is what I kind of think of. I don't know. Sure. Okay. So from what I could gather, the character Merlin shows up in the legends of King Arthur, but he was actually around before that. Uh, the writer uh, Geoffrey of Mammoth is credited by some with creating him in his text uh, Historia Regum Britanniae, uh, or the History of the Kings of Britain, uh, which was written in 1136. But although the, although the Arthurian legends are steeped in medieval fantasy, Earlier works from the Dark Ages do exist that suggest that Arthur and even Merlin might have been genuine historical figures. Uh, in these accounts, Merlin appears under the name uh, Myrden, a royal advisor, madman, poet, and prophet of legend. Yeah, it was uh, not uncommon to see those like chieftains in those times or leaders in those times, uh, kings even, to have uh, such a person at their side, someone who would sort of chronicle their deeds and act as counsel. These people were often known as bards, and um, Merdin 
um, is thought to have been uh, one of them. Uh, there was also the Romano-British war leader Ambrosius Aurelianus, who was uh, a figure in the text uh, Historia Britonum by Nennis. Merlin takes on uh, some of the characters of this figure in some of the literature. In this text, the British uh, king Wortgim wanted to erect a tower, but each time he tried, it would collapse before completion. Don't you just hate it when it happens? <laughs> yeah, it's the myth of Sisyphus all over again, or I guess Sartre's story is this all over again. Either way, um, the king was told uh, that to prevent this, he would have to sprinkle the ground beneath the tower with the blood of a child born without a father. Uh, since Ambrosius was thought to have been born without a father, he was uh, brought before the king. So Ambrosius explained to Vortgum that the tower couldn't be supported upon the foundation that the king had chosen because two battling dragons lived beneath it. So these dragons represented the wars between the Saxons and the Britons. Uh, Ambrosius told Wortgim that the tower would only stand with Ambrosius as leader. Uh, it's actually much more complicated than that, but long story made short, uh, Wortgim ended up giving Ambrosius the tower, which was actually like a metaphor for the kingdom. Hmm. Um, Geoffrey retold this story with Merlin as a child born without a father. Although he retained the character of Ambrosius, Geoffrey's version of the story also includes prophecies made by Merlin, as well as um, the tale of him creating Stonehenge as a resting place for Ambrosius. Also included in this version of the story about Uther Pendragon um, sneaking into Tintagal, where his father Arthur, I'm sorry, where he fathered Arthur uh, with Egrain, um, who was married to his enemy. In Joffrey's work, Merlin is depicted as uh, the real power behind the throne. Yeah, and so there are no stories of Merlin like helping to tutor and advise King Arthur in Geoffrey's Historia Regum Britanniae. Uh, these, along with other familiar themes, appear later in the 12th century poem uh, Merlin by Robert de Baron. Merlin's powers of shape shapeshifting are highlighted along with his trickster personality and his connection with the Holy Grail. Uh, so this poem was eventually rewritten into the prose text Story de Merlin. And as Tim in Monty Python's Search for the Holy <laughs> Grail. <laughs> Absolutely. Over the years, <laughs> stories about Merlin are woven through the Arthurian legends. Uh, some emphasize Merlin's role in mentoring uh, the young King Arthur. Some cast the seer as more of an evil figure. Later uh, authors continued to mention Merlin in various aspects and fulfilling various roles. In the Middle Ages, the Arthurian legends appeared in prose as opposed to verse for the first time in the Vulgate cycle. At this time, prose was used for more serious works of history and theology, and poetry was used for more creative, inspired works with imagination. The authors presented the subject as an actual history rather than a legend by choosing this style. Uh, so the Vulgate cycle begins with the history of the Holy Grail and then depicts Merlin's birth and his involvement with King Arthur. It also highlights Lancelot's affair with Guinevere, establishes the importance for the knight's quest on the Holy Grail, and ends with Arthur's death after the Battle of Camelon. 
the Vulgate cycle is credited with inspiring the mid 15th century prose Merlin, uh, which focused heavily on Merlin as the hero and central character within the Arthurian legends. Prose Merlin starts off with the same stories as the poem Merlin that we mentioned earlier, but now things are starting to get like a lot more romanticized. Uh, the legends of Arthur getting Excalibur from the Lady of the Lake, Arthur's enchantment with which like leads him to Father Mordred, the Round Table, like lots of what we consider these kind of like classic Arthurian stories are are showing up here. Yeah, and even though the most iconic stories about Merlin were introduced in the Vulgate cycle, the post-Vulgate cycle and the the prose Merlin, the legends of Merlin were brought into um, their their finished form in Sir Thomas Mallory's Le Mort d'Arthur, or The Death of Arthur. Mallory was a, a political prisoner at Newgate, London, from 1468 to 1470 in the Common Era, when he wrote uh, the cumulative work, which combined elements from most of the previous writings on Merlin. Okay, so let's hear a few highlights from the character Merlin's life, as depicted by Mallory and Mort Arthur. Uh, so Merlin was born to a noble woman and a demon. Uh, he assists Uther Pendragon in conceiving Arthur. Uh, he also places Arthur with a foster family after he's born. Arthur becomes a squire to his foster brother Kay, and after he forgets Kay's sword in their tent at a tournament, he ends up pulling a sword from a stone, which proves that he's like the rightful heir to the kingdom. Yeah, Merlin counsels Arthur and teaches him how to be a just ruler, as well as working behind the scenes as a benevolent force in the court. Arthur does not listen to Merlin uh, when the wizard foresees Guinevere's affair with Lancelot, but Merlin is also blinded by love. Yeah, so Merlin falls for Nemu, uh, who says that she'll only love him if he agrees to teach her all that he knows about magic. So Merlin begins kind of like grooming her as his successor. But once she learns all of Merlin's magical secrets... She ends up imprisoning him within a stone tomb. And okay, so once Merlin's out of the way, Arthur's throne is usurped by Mordred, and the kingdom ends up falling after the Battle of Camlan. Hmm. Um, the character of Merlin has inspired many other fictional wizards, um, as well as the archetypal idea of what I being a wizard really means um, to like the common Im imagination, right? All the wizards in Dungeons and Dragons or, uh, you know, JK Rowling. Uh, you've got like Dumbledore or uh, in Tolkien, you have Gandalf. They're just a few visible examples that you could definitely trace right back to these legends of Merlin, you know, the robed guy that's really old with the big beard, father time looking dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So one thing that I found sort of interesting was the interplay between the idea of like magic and these sort of like Christian central themes, like the Holy Grail and everything. Like uh, even if the Arthurian legends like didn't start out with a distinctly Christian flavor, they certainly acquired one with the Vulgate cycle and probably before that too. Uh, so Merlin is sort of this like subversive character since he has these powers, but he's also using them to help the kingdom. So, yeah, and it reminds me that that cheesy show that you mentioned early, uh, Merlin, <laughs> um, in that show, King Arthur and Merlin are like young men and Merlin kind of like works behind the scenes to protect and guide, you know, Arthur all while pretending to be like kind of a simple like servant or something. Um, 
it's pretty cheesy but yeah so, but there's like countless ways that the character of merlin has been like reimagined in popular culture and literature um but yeah like basically like you said when we think of a wizard chances are we should probably like at least tip our hats to merlin a little bit yeah you know what would be really cool so you know how they make all those like modern adaptations of like uh shakespeare like romeo and juliet but it's like in the modern era i want to see like the legend of king arthur set now yeah that'd be cool that must be a thing right i don't know if if it is please send it to me because it sounds fun yeah that does sound very cool (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah all right so that's that's basically it please see the episode description for our sources and thank you for listening to fool's guide to the occult populist nota dom notandom Populous no dandum. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Fool's Guide and on Facebook. You know, please also join our Facebook community page, fellow travelers, and join in the discussion with all the fun folks there. Also, check out our Patreon for more content. We've been adding stuff there pretty steadily. It's just a dollar a month minimum, and it's all access. You get everything. So, you know, pay what you can. We'd really appreciate it. You know, we have a lot of other fun stuff and more on the way. And there's a link that you can follow to our Patreon in the episode description for that. Yeah. And thank you so much uh, for those of you who are supporting us there. We super, super appreciate it. This show is a lot of work to make and your appreciation is very motivating. So you all rock. Um, Until next time, keep being awesome. Yeah. Okay. We're going to close this out with a bit more of Tennyson's Merlin and the Gleam. Cheers. Mighty the wizard who found me at sunrise, sleeping and woke me and learned me the magic. Great the master and sweet the magic. When over the valley in early summers, over the mountain on human faces and all around me, moving to melody floated the gleam.